0: to a hope 1032 podcast
1: Welcome to Australia's invisible history the podcast where we make the invisible visible I'm Katrina Rowe a Sydney-based broadcaster author and storyteller So many of us in Australia don't know our own history Many of the stories of Australia's heroes pioneers and visionaries have been buried In this podcast We want to dig up some of their stories and light up their names, make them visible again. So as you hear their stories, we hope you'll be inspired to keep the faith and join in the work of making the invisible visible. Today, we're going to the Sydney suburb of Ermington near Parramatta, where a young Betty Cuthbert grew up. While helping out in her parents' nursery, she spent her free time sprinting between the rows of plants. She would go on to be the first Australian to win three gold medals in the one Olympics. She would become a hero and inspiration to many.
0: Here's these three women athletes, uh, each of them paying tribute to the other. Raylene Boyle said that, you know, she'd been inspired by Betty and then uh, in turn, Cathy Freeman says, well, these are the women that have inspired me not just by their running, but by their character and by their courage. There's another kind of glory in the courage of the human spirit. And I think that's what Betty Cuthbert sort of embodied that day, Uh, even in a crippled state where those wonderful legs that are carried at her gold medals weren't working anymore, but the, the spirit was still strong.
1: It was a long and often difficult race that Betty Cuthbert ran, both on and off the track. She fought hard for her country, against her own body and to be a voice for fellow sufferers. But despite it all, her faith grew with every step. I'm joined by Dr. Paul Rowe, the Outback Historian. He's a storyteller from the Backerberg, and together we've been digging up some stories you may not be familiar with. Today, we are travelling to the Sydney suburb of Ermington along the Parramatta River, where we will meet a dazzling Olympian who became a champion of people with multiple sclerosis. Betty Cuthbert won three gold medals for sprinting at the 1956 Olympics and also won gold at the last Tokyo Olympics in 1964. To this day, she is the only Olympian, male or female, to have won gold in all three sprinting events. But it was later in life that she truly ran a marathon. And the part of her story you may not be familiar with is how significant her faith was to her in that marathon. G'day, Paul, great to have you with us.
0: Katrina, how are you going? Quite a story, isn't it?
1: Can you tell us a bit about Betty's early years and when did she realise she had a gift for running?
0: Was a kid, uh, just at school, as you said, down in Sydney, school kid, she uh, used to run up and down the rows in her dad's nursery doing a little bit of training. She did get a teacher who trained her. And um, by eighteen, she was actually starting to really get noticed because she was, uh, you know, setting records, and so people were talking about her, although she was fairly unknown. And sort of almost so unknown she didn't think she'd get into the team in 1956 at Melbourne so she bought tickets to be to be a spectator which is quite a thing when you think that a few days later she won three gold medals you know.
1: Where she became known as the golden girl in Melbourne winning all those medals can you tell us a bit about that?
0: I actually sort of googled it up and you can watch her running you know it's quite a thing and uh She's actually got a bit of uh, Eric Liddell from uh, *Charity of Fire. She's got his style. She's, she sort of throws her head back and opens her mouth and runs like that with a very high knee lift. And uh, it's great to see here she was, the anchor person in that 100 metres uh, in the in the relay, the 4x100, and there she is, this young girl. She's the anchor and running the last leg and head back and uh, legs pumping and away she goes. And uh, still makes you excited. I was quite getting ready to stand up and cheer. So, yes, to win three gold medals in a few days was quite extraordinary. And she was very quiet, very humble. She didn't make a big thing of it, just did it. And suddenly she was, she'd arrived, yeah.
1: Mm. Well, the next Olympics she was out due to injury and, and she retired in 1960, but she made this spectacular comeback to run at the last Tokyo Olympics in 1964. What happened there and why was that special to her?
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing really, isn't it? And maybe it's a, a good story to sort of put up over against the, the, the Olympics that are coming now where people are meeting you know, great against great odds. I mean, a lot of the athletes have had to do extraordinary things to get there this time. Well, she had to overcome a lot of injuries and she finally decided she was going to compete in the 400 metres. And um, she says that uh, when she got out there to run, she felt like there was a, a voice, inner voice saying to her, you need to run. Uh, in this race, well. She said it was one of the flawless races in her career, one of the best races she ever ran. And the way she explained it, she said, well, I was walking to the start, I was humming to myself, and she felt like God was telling her how to place her feet. And it's a bit strange, but she said it wasn't really me running that day. It was as if my body had been taken over. He picked my feet up and I put them down. I like that. Yeah, he picked them up and I put them down. She was the last uh, Australian to win a 400 metres until Cathy Freeman, of course, so there was quite a gap. So she certainly was outstanding in every way. And as you said, she held all those records over nine years. And if you think about it, she was kind of like a, a Usain Bolt in her day, like holding World Records for such a long time in those sprint events. And to win all three is quite remarkable.
1: That was her last Olympics in Tokyo. And after that, she retired for good. A lot of athletes really struggled to adapt to life after their sport. Mm. How did she cope with life after retirement?
0: Well, yeah, it's interesting. She did say that she found it hard. She said suddenly the cheering stops and you look around and think, well, I've done that. And uh, she felt I think, like a lot of them do, felt flat after that. And I think that was when she began to sort of search for a bigger meaning. And she was exploring her childhood faith as she'd grown up with at Sunday school, like a lot of people do. And uh, when she got MS in nineteen sixty-nine, well, that became quite a an important obviously a very serious issue in her life and the way she put it was was she went to church to find healing but she actually found the healer and that was the difference she said she, she couldn't care less about healing after that uh, to to walk with Jesus was enough for her and uh, she said I get I got so much joy out of it I think that's why I came back at the Tokyo Olympics so I could use my profile to tell people about Jesus so for her the bigger picture took over from just the little narrow Olympic <laughs> picture is, as powerful and wonderful as it was, but she found a bigger picture
1: mm. Mm. It's a powerful image, isn't it? Someone who was famous for running so fast to then become so disabled, but she used her fame to raise a lot of awareness and funds for m s Um, Can you tell us a bit about her efforts to support her fellow MS sufferers?
0: Yes. Well, for 40 years, she sort of fronted it. She wasn't really a very public person. She sort of preferred to keep a low profile, but uh, she said, well, she used her profile on behalf of fellow sufferers, not so much for her own benefit. And uh, people like Raylene Boyle, who knew her, uh, was another 400-meter runner for Australia. um, Raylene said, you know, it was inspirational to have become a friend to uh, Betty Cuthbert, and uh, when she wheeled her into the stadium in the wheelchair in 2000 Olympics and uh, Betty handed the torch to Kathy Freeman, I mean, if you watch that, you can watch it on YouTube. It is very, very moving. And uh, here's these three women athletes, uh, each of them paying tribute to the other. Raylene Boyle said that, you know, she'd been inspired by Betty and then uh, in turn Kathy Freeman says, well, these are the women that have inspired me not just by their running, but by their character and by their courage uh, and their faith, they're the things that really matter. And somehow that, I think, rises above Olympic glory. <laughs> There's another kind of glory in the courage of the human spirit, and I think that's what Betty Cuthbert sort of embodied that day, uh, even in a crippled state where those wonderful legs that are carried to gold medals weren't working anymore, but the, the spirit was still strong.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, She did pass away in in 2017. How do you think that Betty Cuthbert should be remembered?
0: A very good question, Katrina. I think obviously she was uh, recognised and called a national treasure. Everybody remembers her you know, amazing feats as an athlete winning all those gold medals. And when you read the reports on, you know, you Google it up and they're all there, That's the accent is mostly on her athletics and and, and those achievements. And, and then there's some mention of the MS, but very few. In fact, I, I don't think I found any real mention of her faith. Uh, and, again, this comes back to what we've been saying. It seems like we're very awkward in Australia about being able to, accent that somebody's faith is really important to their life too it's bigger than just winning gold medals in sport what's going to really you know give you the strength to last the long distance and I like that idea that she ran a marathon and uh, to run a marathon it takes a lot more courage you know a 40-year marathon with with MS is amazing and I would like to think Maybe we're helping to remember that side of Betty Cuthbert's story in this uh, next Tokyo Olympics, that uh, there's a a bigger story than just winning gold medals. There's a story of courage and faith.
1: Thank you so much, Paul historian, Dr. Paul Rowe. We've been talking about Betty Cuthbert, an Olympian who felt the hand of God on her running, but who also needs to be remembered for that marathon of faith and courage that she ran in her later years. Today, you can actually see her statue and her gold medals at the MCG. And you can find Paul Rowe online at theoutbackhistorian.com.au. Thanks for listening to Australia's Invisible History, the podcast where we make the invisible visible. Thanks for joining us for Season 1 of Australia's Invisible History. We really appreciate your support. If you've enjoyed our first season, please rate and review us and let your friends know about us. We'll be taking a short break, but we'll be back with more stories of inspirational Australians in Season 2 of Australia's Invisible History. I hope you'll join us.
0: It's Thanks for listening.